few memories, doesn't it, that song? Crikey. So as, as we heard earlier, um, Zacchaeus' life was dramatically changed after meeting Jesus, wasn't it? it? The Bible doesn't tell us a huge amount about him, actually, um, but there's a few clues in the, the Bible verses. Um, so I could do with a volunteer to write. Annabelle, would you, can you, have you got a good writing hand? So we've got a heart on the board here, and on the, the left-hand side we're going to write before, or above it rather. Just above that, yeah. And then on the right-hand side we'll write after. So, um, thinking back on what you've seen and heard, what do you think Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was like before he met Jesus? Any ideas? Nasty, Nasty mean. Greedy, that's a good one. Yeah. What was that, sorry? A thief, yeah, he was, yeah. Nasty, greedy, a thief, yeah. Yeah, he cheated people, didn't he? Maybe sad. Sad, that's a really good one, Robert, yeah. Yeah. Gold star. Smarties. Mm, I don't know how smart smarties, I mean, that's... Yeah. Was there another one there from something now? Was that Andrew? Grumpy. Grumpy. Yeah. I know a few grumpy people. But I think he was probably pretty grumpy. So he had a lot of bad stuff in his heart, didn't he? His heart was, was full of bad things. He had uh, riches. He was a very rich man, um, without a doubt, because he had a good job and he was stealing from people as well. He wasn't just taking what, what um, he needed to take for his taxes. Um, he was taking extra money on top of it. So we don't know how, Jesus, how Zacchaeus heard about Jesus coming to town or, or what he'd heard, what he thought would change in his life. But I think, um, somebody said there, sad, lonely. Um, I think there was something dramatically missing in his life. If he was happy being rich and having all this money, and he was quite a powerful man as well locally, but clearly he wasn't happy because that kind of thing is short term. It doesn't fill your life, does it? It leaves big holes in your life. You see a lot of people who are very rich and you think they've got everything and actually they've got nothing really when you really look at it. So whatever it was anyway, Zacchaeus, he heard that Jesus was coming and he must have heard about the good things that, that Jesus had, uh, had done. Um, and we heard he was a very short man, um, poor fella, you know, so he couldn't, he couldn't see Jesus come down. So he climbed up the sycamore tree and I tend to think it wouldn't be the only sycamore tree and he probably wasn't the only person up a tree to see Jesus, because Jesus was, you know, was getting quite well known. A lot of people had turned out, but Jesus chose Zacchaeus nevertheless, and he called him by name as well. He didn't just say, hello, you short man, come down, you know, you look like you need need help. He knew him, he knew him by name, and he called him down. So um, um, Zacchaeus must have been pretty shocked, but you saw in the video there, we have to assume he was thrilled and excited um, that Jesus had chosen him. So, you know, Jesus saw that his heart needed a makeover. He saw that he needed to change and that he wanted to change. So that's great, great, isn't it? It means that we can all change as well. All we've got to do is climb up the tree and make ourselves visible and make ourselves known. It would have been easy because nobody liked Zacchaeus because he took the money. It would have been easy for him to sort of look from a distance and, you know, stand around the corner. But he put himself right up in in the, the plain view of not just Jesus, but everybody. Um, so we don't really hear what Jesus said to Zacchaeus, what, ha- what happened afterwards. All we hear is that his life changed. He offered to give all the money back, um, and actually four times the money he'd stolen from people. 
So, um, he gave half his possessions to the poor. He, just, he, he gave everything away. So after he met Jesus, he was a completely different man, wasn't he? So what would we put in this, that side of the heart? What would we like to put in there? Generous. Generous. That's a good one, yeah. Definitely. Changed. Absolutely. Reformed. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Big words from the back. Honest. Honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Happy. That's a really good one, Andrew. Yeah, happy. He said he was sad before. And we know now he was ecstatic. He was happy. He was nice, wasn't he? He was a totally different person. You know, so he, he totally changed. Um, thank you very much, Annabelle. Thank you for the scribe. If I'd written it, you wouldn't be able to read it at all. So his heart was totally changed by meeting Jesus, um, and it needed to change, and he knew it needed to change. So all, all Zacchaeus had to do was recognise his heart needed to change, and ask Jesus and make himself visible, make himself known. So that's quite encouraging for all of us, isn't it? Um, no matter how bad he was, Jesus still called him. So, um, what does tell us? How does God want us to behave as his family, you know, as his church family? Where do we need to change? So if we look at Romans 12, uh, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, can you imagine what our church would look like if we all followed that to the letter? What our lives would look like, what the the world would look like if everybody followed that? Can you imagine that? That would be incredible, wouldn't it? So, you know, if we're willing to allow God, uh, to allow what God says to change how we think and how we behave, can you imagine what it would be like if we all loved one another so deeply, that we never spoke a critical or spoke an unkind word to anybody? Um, you know, that if we uh, were holy and pleasing to God, then imagine what the world would look like. So that's our challenge, isn't it, really, as as children of God and as, as churchgoers, really, is to be different, to be visibly different in the world. So, you know, Jesus called us to be changed, to change our lives, but also to be visible in our change, because there's no point just hiding around the corner um, like Zacchaeus could have done and staying out of the way. We need to put ourselves forward um, and be part of the change in the world that we want to see. Um, so we put into practice the glory of God. Okay? So what we have to remember is it takes God's Holy Spirit to allow us to do that, to be loving and generous and selfless. Um, we're now going to sing a hymn. I am a new creation. He like no. I'm trying to remember which bit it's from now. So I'll read Matthew five thirteen, and then you can tell me afterwards. This is a bit of a clue. So you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So what are the two things that God wants us to be like, that Jesus wants us to be like? 
salt and light, yeah? It sounds a bit strange at first, doesn't it, when you think about it? It wants to be about salt and light. So, um, if you talk about salt at first, salt makes food tastes better, doesn't it? But it also changes things. So we've got a little experiment here, a little science. This is a science experiment helpers. Do you want to help? So this is um, a little bit of... Oh, yeah. Wow. Science experiment number one. So we've got two glasses of water on the table, normal glasses of water, and we've got two eggs, and they've not been boiled. So just a (laughs) pre-warning to be careful. So do you think that egg will float or sink? Sink, do you think? Do you agree, Aurelia, or do you think it'll float? You think it'll sink. Okay, so you just gently drop it in the water there then. Yeah, yes. Oh, he's so competitive. Yes. <laughs> right, so do you, th- do you think we can make it float? What's this? Salt, yeah. So put some salt in the water then. Doesn't matter. It would prove the point. Thank you very much. Going to sit down. I know it's going to be funny, hasn't it? Yeah, there you go. A bit of science for you. So um, I was going to offer Robert those those smarties if he knew this, you know, the scientific reason behind it or the formula. But knowing Robert, he will. So I'm not going to offer smarties. They're too precious. So salt changes things, doesn't it? it? Makes things behave differently. Salt makes food taste better. So you know, there's a lot of salt there. Big tub of salt. Um, has anybody tried chips without salt on them or crisps without salt? It's horrible, isn't it? Just, it, it just doesn't taste good. Does anybody remember, the, I'm going back to the oldies now, the packet of crisps and you got a little bag of salt in there, salt and shake, was it? A little blue packet, you know, and you'd, you'd pour them in. If you didn't shake them up properly, then you end up with some crisps that were absolutely, you know, like your eyes were twitching and others which just didn't taste of anything. They tasted horrible. So salt really, you know, adds flavour, you know, and we're told to add flavour to the world. So, you know, Christians, we're here to make life taste better. Yeah, being a Christian, your life is, is improved by it, and we should also be improving the life of people around us. So how can we make food taste better for our neighbours, for um, other kids at school, or for people that we work with? That's what we need to be thinking about. You know, something that we can do to make life better for other people. And they say, well, that's because they're a Christian. You know, so they understand that's why we're doing it. So salt's also very valuable. Without, apparently, without salt, our bodies don't work. I'm reading up on Google, which of course is always right. Our muscles don't contract, apparently. Food won't, we can't digest food and our heart won't beat if we don't have salt. About four ounces of salt in our body, apparently. Um, and salt's one of the most important minerals of all time. There have been battles fought over salt, believe it or not. In the American Civil War, 
there was a battle over a salt mine. 7,000 soldiers fought over a salt mine because it was so important. Um, and now Ray, this wasn't at all planned, but the being there when he said, did anybody pick up that Ray said, any family worth its salt? Yeah. yeah. Well, that comes from ancient Greece where slaves were traded for salt. So some people were maybe, you know, whether they were worth the salt or not. So there you go, you see. So that was, thank you for that, Ray. That was well walked into. Um, and the term salary, when you get a salary at work, that comes from, from Rome, where soldiers were given salt rations, apparently from Solarium Argentum. Apologies for the uh, pronunciation. The salt is really important. So by likening us to salt, Jesus was choosing something that was really valuable. It added flavor, but it was also very valuable. So he's saying that we are, are valuable, you know, we're important. You know, he wants us to to change the world. So the world can't survive properly without Christian influence, you know, this salt, this flavor. Um, and it keeps food from going bad. Before we had fridges, we used to salt food to stop them going bad. You know, we're meant to speak up in society for God's way of doing things. Um, that's part of our job. That's part of, of loving Jesus, part of being Christians. And if we don't live out the commands of the Sermon on the Mount, we're not what we need to be. We're non-salty salt which is a slightly strange thing, isn't it? But we'll lose our saltiness. If we, if we just look the part, but we don't do what we're supposed to do, then we'll lo- we've lost our flavor, we've lost our saltiness. And that's what Jesus warns us about, saying, don't just you know, come on a Sunday morning and, and look like you're a good Christian. We need to also actually be a good Christian as well and do things. So we need to be nice to that person in our class at school, maybe who's new to the school, who doesn't know anybody. So we can be nice to them, can't we? And that'll, that'll help them and change their life. Yeah, the same at work, something new starts at work. So, as well as being salt, Jesus also calls us to be light. So we've got a lot of candles here. Yeah. All these little tea lights. <coughs> we are insured, Ray, aren't we? <laughs> Fire, flood, war and famine, pestilence. Don't play with matches. Um, so being light in a dark world is about living differently from those around us. You know, so it's about being visible. Um, visible to people who don't yet know Jesus. Um, and according to Jesus, the light that people will see us in is the good works that we do. And those good works are not simply our actions, but also include our godly character. So we need to, be, to reflect God's goodness in the world. Um, and in the thing that says that we, you, know, you put your light to be seen, put it up high, don't put it under a bowl. If you put that bowl over the light, actually the light would go out very quickly because there'd, no, there'd be no oxygen, so the light, the candle would go out. It's not even, you couldn't see it, it would actually go out very, very quickly. Yeah, so we don't put our light under a bowl, we need to put our light up on a pedestal for people to see. So, you're going to try it. Ooh. If it doesn't go out now, my science will be wrong. No. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know how long it'll take. Oh, <laughs> oh the light out. I, I thought it was going to go. <laughs> it will go out eventually. <clears throat> I think. 
So we need to put our light up high, don't we, so people can see it, so people can see us being good. Um, and I saw a nice, um, is it acrostic where you have the, the letters? So if we spend light, so L is to look, so look for the lost, so we to look for people who need our help. I is to illuminate the way, to be that light so people can see us. G is to give light to all. H is to help people to, to find Jesus and to find the way to heaven. And T is to testify, is to share our love of God with other people. Hey! <laughs> there you go, science wins. So, you know, let's remember that as we go out from here today, that we need to change our communities. That just means people that we work with, people that we see on our daily basis, at school or at work or in church or wherever it might be, um, and be ready to change the communities we live in and work in this for the name of Jesus. So, we'll just say a quick prayer, then we go on to our next hymn. So let's put our hands together and pray. Dear Lord, as we followed the words of Romans 12 to speak to us as a church family, let's ask the Lord's forgiveness for the times where we've not obeyed these words and so have not brought him glory. Father, thank you for calling us into your family where we belong to one another and to you. We're sorry when we haven't loved each other. Father, forgive us and help us to change. We're sorry when we fail to use our gifts to serve you, Father. Forgive us and help us to change. We're sorry when we haven't been prayerful. Forgive us and help us to change. We're sorry when we have put ourselves first. Father, forgive us and help us to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, and we'll sing our...